Thank you for joining us today for our series on the life of Joseph. I think you'll see, as you did last week and throughout the weeks, and again today, as we look at that life, how many things really are applicable to what's taking place in our world today. There's a few things I'd like to share with our church family as we get started. First of all, thank you for supporting our ministries here as we go forward. I know that many of you have just been praying and looking for God to work in different ways in your neighborhoods and workplace. Keep it up. It's great to hear that. We've had some calls regarding uh, the giving of tithes and offerings. Thank you for those calls because many can't get down here or obviously we're not meeting together. But, of course, if you do by check, you can certainly mail those in. Many of you are online and do that or you do it through your uh, checking account. We even have a box out in front of our office. If you want to drive up and just drop that in there, you're welcome to do that. We already know God's going to take care of this. I'm just giving you some information about that. And I thank you in advance that you desire to want to give to the work of the Lord because we are here. We're going full force to make sure the word goes out. All of our pastors, as we met this past Tuesday, are well aware of the fact that need to find creative ways to touch people. And several hours were spent on Tuesday just looking over things to say, how do we connect life journey groups, discipleship groups, looking at the future. So many great things are going on. God is still working. He's not bound by any virus, any prison, or anything. So blessed that you're doing that. Thank you in advance once again for supporting what's going on. We're going forward with our Lord. Now today, we're going to be talking a little bit about remembering, about memory, and we have a good friend by the name of Bubba that I know some of you are so aware of that had, uh, he's an entrepreneur, he had an idea. He thought, I'm going to start a home remedy clinic. And so in his little town, he thought he would do that against his wife's counsel. He went ahead and did it. He put a sign out in front and it read, home remedy clinic, treatments, $500. If you're not cured, we pay you $1,000. Well, it so happened that there was a city slicker that came to town on some business working with the agricultural market and was staying at a local hotel and saw that sign and thought, this country bumpkin, I'm going to take advantage of this. I'm going to make myself a lot of money. So he goes into Bubba's clinic. He goes up to him and says, "Uh, Mr. Bubba, I've lost my taste. Can you cure me? Bubba thinks a second. He looks over to the nurse he's got there and says, Darling, you bring me over uh, home remedy box 22 and put three drops on this gentleman's tongue. And so she brings that on over. He opens up his mouth. He puts, she puts three drops on his tongue, and he begins to gag and spit it out and say, That's gasoline. Bubba says, That's $500. Your taste is back. Congratulations. Well, the city slicker's kind of mad. He's not going to end it right there. And he thinks for a couple of days, thinks, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to tell Bubba, I can't remember anything. I'm losing my memory. In fact, only because I saw the sign that it reminded me, maybe I need to go to this place. So he goes in and says, Bubba, I can't even remember anything. I've lost my memory. Can you cure me? Bubba thinks for a second, and he says to his nurse, Darling, go get box, home remedy box number 22, 
and put three drops on this man's tongue. The man jumps out of the chair and says, wait a minute, that's gasoline. You're not going to do that. Bubba says, congratulations, your memory's back. That's $500. That city slicker is so mad, he has to find one more way. He wants to find one more thing he can do. So he thinks and thinks and says, I'm going to go back in there and tell him I'm losing my vision. I can't read anything. I can barely see. And he goes in and tells Bubba, Bubba, I can barely see. I can't see. I can't read anything. I can't see. Can you cure me? Bubba thinks for a minute and says, you got me. I don't have any cure for that. Here's $1,000. City Slicker just smiling and kind of laughing because he put it over on the country bumpkin Bubba. And on his way out, he turns around and says, wait a minute. There's only $600 here. And Bubba says, your eyesight's cured. That's $500. And that's how Bubba outsmarted the city slicker. Now, as far as outsmarting God, there's a lot of people over the years that have tried to outsmart God. Not just in Egypt, but all through history. And we have a man by the name of Joseph that's in Egypt. And he's faced all kinds of issues. Today, we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 40, verses 1 through 4. I mean, excuse me, 14. We looked at 1 through 4. And it says, when the situation came up where the cupbearer had this dream, he, Joseph tells him, the only way you'll know about this dream is God is the interpreter of dreams. The cupbearer and the baker thought they needed the Egyptian They needed the Egyptian magicians and diviners to take care of that. But Joseph tells them, no, interpretation belongs to God. And so Joseph hears what the dream is. He interprets the dream. And ladies and gentlemen, this is where the the rubber hits the road for us today. Because just as the man was faking his memory, couldn't remember, the word of God tells us, some very poignant things in this passage. Joseph says, but when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. So Joseph has helped this man. Joseph looked at them. They were both troubled. He could see the sadness in their face. He gives the interpretation, but he tells him, remember me. Ladies and gentlemen, that's really important. As you look at this next slide, you can see when all goes well with me, remember me. Note, it doesn't say if, but when. When all goes well, Joseph is sure of the interpretation. When all goes well, there is no doubt that God had given him that because no one else could know what that dream could mean with specificity except for God. And the cupbearer was given full assurance that he would be reinstated. What a great thing. Now, Regarding remembering, part of the motif today has to do with remembrance. Over the years, people just like to be remembered for various different reasons. You'll see monuments. You see people honoring others on their birthday. But back in the Victorian era, they had these little things called calling cards. And they were very popular. And in just a moment, I'm going to show you a Victorian calling card holder. And it's a beautiful thing done in the Victorian era. It's probably 150 or 60 years old. And these little calling cards 
Most people had them in the Victorian era. You would take one and they may sign the back. They have all different kinds of designs on them. Some would, because many people couldn't read back then, it would give the person's name and depict their occupation. This particular person, Mr. Helmke, was a tailor, and it shows someone measuring clothing with a tape and uh, and, uh, some other people trying on clothing. So someone, even if they couldn't read, could know what that is. Many of these cards that I have say, remember me, remember me. And so people want to be remembered, and there's nothing wrong with remembering and reminiscing. But there's an important lesson here for us regarding God. And I think as we go through this, you're going to see, particularly in a time like this, particularly when you and I are doing some things we've never done before, particularly when we don't know what the future holds, we pray for the best, but we don't know what it holds. And so stay with this as we look at our next passage here. It's important to remember those who have blessed us, starting with God himself, I want you to see a passage in the book of Luke, chapter 17, verses 15 through 17. It's the lepers that Jesus healed, all 10 of them. It says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Didn't they remember what happened? Many times people tend to go on and receive the blessing, but not bless and thank the blesser. God wants us to remember him. You see, Joseph's God remembered him, and Joseph remembered his God. When you see any motif through this whole book, that just jumps out at us, doesn't it? Joseph's God remembered him, and Joseph remembered his God. Where are the other nine? Jesus may be giving us some type of a motif for the plague of humanity, ingratitude, lack of remembrance for what God's already done for us. Joseph doesn't forget. Joseph remembers. And Joseph comes back to tell this cupbearer, since you've been blessed, remember me. Remember me when you go before Pharaoh. Let's see how the saga continues here as we go forward. In Genesis 40, 15, For I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I've done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. Notice some very significant things here, side issues that are important for us to see. Joseph doesn't indict his brothers. He doesn't even indict Pharaoh's wife. Both of those, both of those dynamics were extant in his life. He was... Well, he was given over by his brothers into a slave caravan. They wanted to kill him. Potiphar's wife slandered him and lied about all that was taking place, gets him thrown in prison. But all he says, I was forced to be carried off in the land of the Hebrews, and even here I've done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. Most of us don't know how to suffer well, do we? And there's probably some times in life where we need to spill the beans on what happened with specificity. But note, when Jesus was going before Pilate, going before the Sanhedrin and the chief priest, he kept his mouth silent. I've been reading through the Gospels recently, and it's just impressed me how noble our Lord is. He was able to bear under the attacks. The physical attacks are one thing, and they're awful. 
but to bear under the emotional attack that Jesus went through and not say, no, I'm here. You know why I'm here? I'm here because of Joe. I'm here because of you. And each one of us, Jesus could have pointed the finger to and said, but he bore our sins. We need to remember how good our Lord is to us. Thing is, when you look here, I want you to note something. And if there's anything that jumps off the page as we continue to look at this, I want you to see something, and I think each one of you finds some real relevance in it. Note how suddenly circumstances of our lives can change for better or worse. Anyone here at the New Year's Eve party or Christmas party saying, we're going to have to hunker down when, when March rolls around? Anyone thinking that? Anyone think some of the unthinkable things would happen? Stores or restaurants that are on limited uh, business, actual businesses closing? Anyone thinking that? Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus said, we don't even know about tomorrow. Take no thought for tomorrow. You don't even know if you have it. Jesus said we are to depend on him. Remember him. If nothing else comes through with this, when we're in a kind of semi-isolation, Remember your Lord in the midst of all that. See, sudden changes. Joseph didn't know he'd be carried off to a different land. He didn't know the brothers had that planned. He didn't know he'd go to a place, do what was right, and be thrown in prison. It changed dramatically, but not only just for him. There was a cupbearer and a baker. How dramatically did their life change just that fast? It's the story of life. Life changes so quickly, doesn't it? Life changes so fast. Psalm 39, 4 tells us, Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. Wow. That's the truth, isn't it? It goes by fast. Sometimes the saying is, the days are long, the years are short. But we see as we look at this book, as we look what God has recorded to give Joseph one-third of the book of Genesis, we're seeing a dynamic that's been extended all throughout history. That is the changeability of our world, how suddenly circumstances can change just like that. Some of you didn't think two, three weeks ago that you'd be working from your home. Some of you didn't think two or three weeks ago that the place where you work is closed down. Some of you didn't think two or three weeks ago when you planned that birthday party in some restaurant that the restaurant wouldn't be open. Lots of things, we presume. That's why the Word of God says, God willing. And if nothing else comes out of this, but there are many things are and many wonderful things that God's doing, it points out to us the importance of remembering our God, remembering his promises. You see, Joseph's God remembered him, and Joseph remembered his God. As we go further in our study today, in Genesis 40, verses 16 through 19, it says, when the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods. Pharaoh put the birds, excuse me, Baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat away your flesh. 
which dream would you prefer to have? Right? You have the cupbearer and you have the baker. The baker heard the good report for the cupbearer and says, here's my dream, what is it? There's a whole lot of truth that comes out of that. How important is truth to our lives? Particularly in a time like this. Now it's it's significant every single day, but particularly there's an exclamation point. How important is truth in our lives? Joseph didn't shy away from the unpleasant task of telling the truth. People are looking for believers that are unashamed of the truth, that are willing to stand by the truth and tell the truth, not to apologize for it. It's the opposite of what many people think. They think if we can blend into the world, compromise with the world, maybe they'll come to believe what we believe. But ladies and gentlemen, we are never to compromise the truth. This pulpit's never to be compromised. Our lives are never to be compromised. I want you to see something in 2 Timothy 4, verses 2 and 3. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come. Listen carefully. The word of God is clear right here. It says the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Let me ask you something. Has that time come? As you look around and see some of the doctrines that were the most sound doctrines ever that even major denominations could agree on, they've been smashed apart in our world. There will come that time when men will not put up with sound doctrine. You see, you can't even say certain words, can you, without having some label put on you. I want you to see something. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And there's lots of people in our world, pseudo-Christians, denominations that have sold out, that are telling people with their itching ears what they want to hear. Everybody's right. There's lots of ways to God. The word of God is very clear. Remember your God. You see, Joseph remembered his God, and Joseph's God remembered him. Remember his truth. Remember what he has done. Stand by the truth. You don't have to compromise God's truth. You don't have to apologize for it on your campus, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, with your families, whatever. The truth is the truth. Don't be ashamed of it. Stand on it. Don't be part of the group that says they, they're looking to have itching ears to tell them some kind of a fable and lie. Tell them the truth. The world is looking for people who are sincerely connected to what the truth really is. And if you and I are not passionate about it, who's going to be? Joseph's God remembered him. And Joseph remembered his God Don't forget your God in the midst of all this. Genesis 40, verses 20 through 22. Now, the third day was Pharaoh's birthday. Now, stop there a second. Usually, it's like you see with uh, Herod and others, people, they're dignitaries. They make a big deal out of their birthdays. Remember, John the Baptist was beheaded at a birthday. I don't know if I want to attend a king's birthday party. But anyway, it says, now, the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker just as Joseph had said to them, 
in his interpretation. It happened exactly as was revealed to Joseph. Who could have done that? You see, someone may have thought, well, the cupbearer's dream was meant for good, so maybe they both are. You would have to guess at it, but there's specificity with this. It happened exactly the way that God told Joseph it would happen, through that divine intervention. That's how it happened. You see, it's the absolutely correct interpretation of the dream. Joseph stayed true to God in the little things. Joseph told the truth when the truth wasn't comfortable. To stand before someone and say, here's the interpretation of the dream, not being a pleasant interpretation, he still did what was right, and he told the truth. And there's some truth that's spoken into our lives because of that example. We need to speak the truth even when it's uncomfortable. Joseph was in close fellowship with God, and he received divine inspiration. You see, many times we don't receive the divine inspiration because we're not standing out there like Joseph. We're not standing out there and putting it on the line saying, this is the truth. But more than ever, when people are looking for answers in a time like this, since no one knows how it's going to turn out, you and I need to be standing for the truth. We need to remember our God because our God remembers us. As we continue to look, it says in Genesis 40, 23, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. How about that? How about that? Let me ask you something. Have you ever felt unappreciated? Done something, put them in a position, gone to bat for someone, and they kind of go along in their position or in their life and forget about you? That ever happened to you? Tells us right here. Prosperity and promotion got into the head of the cupbearer somehow. As I have right here, perhaps this verse speaks how mankind handles promotion and prosperity. You see, out of all people on the earth, who would you consider the richest people on the earth? Some may point out to some of these CEOs and founders of these mega companies, some of the fang companies, the Facebooks and all the companies, you know, the big ones. But think about it. We are going to receive an inheritance that's never going to perish, reserved in heaven, according to the book of Peter. Who's the richest person? You see, God, who has all the resources, our Father, all available to us, all are ours. And one day we'll live forever. So I say to you, how do we handle promotion and prosperity? We are promoted from slaves, slaves to sin, slaves to Satan, into the kingdom of God. We're children of God, John 1.12, but as many as received him, to those he gave the power to become the children of God, God promoted us from a slave in the lowest place, a slave to sin, a slave to Satan, and calls us his children. The cupbearer, he made an error, and a lot of it's part of an ungrateful heart. Didn't remember Joseph. Joseph said, please remember, if there's anything you can do, I've been kind to you, I've blessed you, I've given you so much, I've interpreted the dream. Will you please remember me to Pharaoh? But he forgot him. How do you handle promotion and prosperity? 
We of all people on the face of the earth are the richest people on the face of the earth because our Father owns everything and has an unlimited supply of all of it. It's unbelievable, isn't it? And it's easy to forget that. See, our Lord remembered. The cupbearer forgot. We can forget. But God remembers. Look at Psalm 103, 13 and 14. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who what? Who fear him. Not fear the world, not fear political correctness, not fear what their friends might think, but fear God. You see, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's the prototype of wisdom. It's the foundation of wisdom. Not man's wisdom. Let me compromise with that. Stand by the truth. Joseph's God remembered him, and Joseph remembered his God. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows how we are formed. He remembers. Look at that in your homes or wherever you are, in a hotel, wherever you are. He remembers that we are dust. He remembers. And he says he has the hairs of my head and your head counted. There may be less on some of the heads over the years, but he's got whatever's there counted. That means, and it's his message to you and me, he remembers us and he knows us. Do we remember him? You see, even over the years, people want to be remembered. They have their names on calling cards, design them. There's monuments to people's names all over, and there's nothing wrong with remembering people. But there's something really wrong about forgetting the power, the majesty, the dignity, the nobility, the grace, the mercy, the salvation that comes from our God. We can't do that. Our God remembered and the Lord Jesus Christ remembered. I want you to think about the awfulness of the cross and how many could face what Jesus faced with the nobility and dignity that he did. He's suffering and dying and bleeding on a cross. Not only the physical pain, the emotional pain where it says people walked by and scoffed at him and mocked him and to add to the indignity as a thief on either side of him. But Jesus, because he believed and was the truth and is the truth, spoke the truth to both of them. And eventually, one of those thieves believed in Jesus he calls him, this man is not sin. This, and, and he came to that place as we only have a small part of the conversation where he put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. In fact, to the point, much higher, a thief had much more sense and belief in Jesus than his disciples did at that moment. Because I want to tell you why. He says, we are punished justly, the thief says, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. That means sinless. Then he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Stop. The disciples didn't believe Jesus was coming into any kingdom. They ran away. All those followers yelling, Hosanna, uh, hail king of the Jews, when Jesus is coming to Jerusalem, where are they? They thought the kingdom was shot, the kingdom was over, all their dreams were dashed. There's probably people living in a world right now thinking their dreams are dashed. Their 401 is down. Their investments are not where they should be. They're wondering about their job, wondering about their health, wondering about their future. Listen carefully. The Word of God tells us that God remembers you and remembers me. When you feel those moments of doubt, some fear, some frustration about the future, just remember this. 
God holds the future. He knows the future. And if you were to write a book on the book of Joseph, on the life of Joseph, and stop at a certain point, you would never think it could end like it does. But look what God was orchestrating the whole way through. Look at it. So we have this thief that says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Not if, but the same words that Joseph uses to the cupbearer when, when this interpretation is true. He already knew it would be true. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Wow. A thief had more faith than the disciples did at that time. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth today. You will be with me in paradise. Jesus didn't forget, did he? Jesus did not forget. Wow. Are we guilty of not remembering all that God has done for us? Is that something that we all need to look at and ask ourselves some significant questions about life? We like to be remembered, and there's nothing wrong with that. We like birthday cards or someone to say happy anniversary or graduation. We like to be remembered. What about God? What about what we see here today when we find out someone that had been given so much forgets about the person? He forgot about Joseph. The good thing is Joseph's God remembered him. And even if you feel forgotten, even if you feel forlorn, even if you feel like you're in a prison, even though it looked like things are going to go a certain way, yes, I got to talk to the cupbearer. He'll get Pharaoh's ear. I'll get out of this place. Even if the best scenarios don't happen with this virus, even if they don't, that doesn't mean that God's not still working, ladies and gentlemen, because he is. And we pray for the best, we ask God for the best, but we don't know. God holds the future. The time of testing is right now. Will you remember what God has done for you in the midst of all of this? Or will we be guilty of not remembering all that God has done for us? All that he's done. If you go way back to your salvation, Just think about what God has done for us. He bore our sins because he loved us. He remembered us. And I love the fact that the word of God records that someone who was a thief, someone that initially was hurling insults because the word of God records they were both hurling insults to Jesus from their crosses, that Jesus stayed with it. Jesus didn't let let himself become a victim of those two people. He stayed with it. And one comes to the end and says, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus remembered, didn't he? And he remembers you. And he remembers me. Do we remember him? Today, I'm just going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. In the privacy and comfort of your home, once again, or wherever you are. I'd like you to go before our Lord and just go back over your mind. Many times there may be someone in your life that God has used to bless you. The cupbearer had someone in his life that God used to bless him. Is there someone you need to go back to and just say, you know, it's been some time. 
I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for this. I remember what you did for me. Thank you. And students, it may be a parent, a grandparent. It may be a teacher. Maybe one of your teachers right here, someone from Vacation Bible School. Parents, it may be a situation where you have been given something in life you've remembered. I need to go back and say thank you. I don't know. Every situation is different. Boys and girls, are you thankful to have a wonderful home to live in? Food and shelter over your head. Parents that are taking care of you. Need to say thank you. We need to remember. And most of all, right now, in the privacy of your own mind and heart, when was the last time you remembered to thank your Lord? for salvation, for the blessings you have, for the future you have, regardless of what takes place. We have the vaccine for eternal life. We have the medicine for that. Jesus bore our sins, and he paid the entire price and makes us clean. When was the last time he just fell down in your heart before the throne and said, God, Thank you for doing what you've done for me. Thank you, God. I sometimes just beget forgetful, God, that you call me your child, that you remember me, that you do have the hairs of my head counted, that not even a sparrow falls, that you're not aware of it. Thank you for remembering me in the midst of all that's taking place. You haven't forgotten me. You haven't forgotten us. I'd like you to look this way. If God has spoken truth into your heart in some really practical way, it may involve an email, a text, a letter, a card, a phone call, a visit at some point. Act on it. Act on that and do it. It's amazing when we use the gift of encouragement and thanking people and remembering what it does for the church body. What a blessing it is. And you will be blessed if you take during your day when you feel a little stressed hearing something from the news or finding another report seems troubling, to remember your God. Remember that he is watching over you. Remember that he does care. So blessed to have a God like that, aren't we? Joseph's God remembered him, and Joseph remembered his God. God bless you. We will continue to keep you informed through our website, through social media, through our newsletter, through other means. You can call our church during business hours if you'd like information. Once again, we're going forward. We are still the church. Our Great Commission call has not changed. We're going forward, and I'm blessed you're listening at home, and I pray you invite someone or send this to someone else that they can watch and know that God remembers them. God bless you. Thank you for watching.